Hey friends, you're listening to OKY. I'm your host, Michael Grove. Today is February the 2nd, and we are here in the Bible reading plan, going through the Bible one chapter at a time, which I'm excited because today we are starting a new book of the Bible, the book of Acts. Last year, we read through the book of Acts in like three days, so we just powered through it, but now we are going to take our time and read it one chapter at a time. So here we go, Acts chapter 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about a hundred and twenty, and said, Brothers and sisters, the scriptures had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in our ministry. With the payment he received for his wickedness, Judas bought a field. There he fell headlong, his body burst open, and all his intestines spilled out. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this, so they called that field in their language Akeldama, that is, field of blood. For, said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, May his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it, and may another take his place of leadership. 
Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph, called Barsabas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over the apostolic ministry which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias, so he was added to the eleven apostles. This concludes the reading of Acts 1. Let me give you a quick thought before we end our time together. Okay, so today I want to dig into Acts chapter 1, verse 8. This is a pretty popular verse for those of us that are in a Pentecostal church of any sort, which, if you're wondering what a Pentecostal church is, it is simply a church that believes in the gifts of the Spirit as poured out on the day of Pentecost, which is what we will be reading tomorrow, actually, in Acts chapter 2. Enough of that, though. Let's reread chapter 1, verse 8, and see what it says. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Okay, a couple of quick things important to this verse. First of all, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Jesus was leaving and he was letting us know that the Holy Spirit would come to us and would give us power. And what was that power for? It was so that we would be witnesses. Witnesses of what, you might be asking? Well, that's answered at the end of this chapter when they replaced Judas. They replaced Judas with Matthias. And what was it that they said was the reason they needed to replace him? Chapter 1 verse 22 says, For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. They wanted another person to be an apostle so that they had more backing to testify about what Jesus had done and that he raised back to life. But here's the important part of this verse. Back to verse 8 of chapter 1. You will receive power and be my witnesses where? In Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, the simple answer to why those places are chosen is because it kind of gives these concentric circles of influence. You have Jerusalem right at the heart, Judea and Samaria moving further out, and then the rest of the world beyond that. So what Jesus is reminding them is that they would receive the power of the Holy Spirit to bring the gospel message to everyone around the globe. But there's something more significant here if you really dig into it. See, these are kind of trigger places for the disciples at this point in time. Let's take them one at a time. Jerusalem. Well, Jerusalem is where they just came with Jesus and watched him arrested, tried in a wrong type of trial that didn't make sense, and then hung on a cross where everyone would witness him die a villain's death. So when he says Jerusalem, they're all stopping there and thinking, man, Jerusalem, 
we just want to get out of here. And maybe they thought to themselves, we'll show them they deserve to hear this. So Jerusalem wasn't necessarily a place they wanted to hear Jesus say that they were supposed to stay and witness. In fact, most of them feared for their life near Jerusalem. Okay, so you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea. Well, Judea, another place for them. In Jesus' last week, where he was almost stoned to death, we read about that in John chapter 8, that as Jesus was teaching the people, he declared who he said he was. And in that moment, they picked up stones and were ready to kill him. So when Jesus says to be his witnesses, even in Judea, they know firsthand that's a place that wanted to stone him to death. Well, and then we have Samaria. So be the witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. Well, the Samaritans and the Jews did not get along at all. In fact, they tried to avoid the Samaritans. That's why Jesus' story about the good Samaritan was so contradictory to what they had believed about the Samaritan people. So now Jesus says to be his witnesses in a place that actually did kill him, a place that tried to stone him to death, and inside a place where a group of people were so awful that they didn't even want to go through their own town. Then he says, even go to the ends of the earth. See what Jesus is doing? He's telling them, all people, even the ones that hurt you or do bad things to you or plot against you or the people that you just straight up don't like because they're different than you, the Holy Spirit will empower you to go even to them in order for you to tell them of the living God who desperately loves them. You see, the Holy Spirit was given to them so that they would go and tell everybody about Jesus and his love. And friends, you and I also, even if it's people that would try to hurt us or try to condemn us or people that we just don't like, God has given us the Holy Spirit that we might be drawn towards those people so that they would know there's a God who loves them. It's our job to tell everyone that we can, especially those that we would never want to go and be around. Because if we don't tell them who God is and how much he loves them, what if nobody else ever does? God is empowering you to go into all the world and preach the gospel so that anyone who calls on his name might be saved. It's up to you. You have to go and do the work that God has called you to do. But you can't do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. So ask God to empower you, so that not only will you have the strength to go, but you will have the understanding and the insight to be able to go to a place that you would never want to go, to speak to a people you would never want to associate with, and to show them the love of God even when it feels like they don't deserve it. So go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's all the time we have left for today. I love you and God bless.
Thank you.